Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Frank Pavone filling in for Jess Romero. Father, thanks so much for coming to our studios here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Well, it's great to be with you again and with our great audience. Thanks a lot for the opportunity. Uh, Are you kidding? We're birds of the feather flocking together. This is the Feast of Holy Innocence. I couldn't think of a better day to have you on. This show will probably be aired the 1st of January, but this Feast of Holy Innocence and tying it into the unborn, it just makes sense to have this show today. So that's what we're going to be talking about. And I wanted to, before we get to the good news of the gospel, I wanted to also say we have this, what we call it, need-to-know file. I was so happy to see this, that the Vatican is to publish private homilies of Pope Benedict XVI. Mm. One of the things that distinguishes Virgin Most Powerful Radio from a lot of other organizations, I say this publicly because I think it's true, when we see good coming from the Vatican, we will acknowledge it. Sometimes we right. hear people beating up on the Pope, which they're saying, hey, the Pope made a bad decision here. He might have. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll call him as we see him in the sense that the deposit of faith is being challenged. We will, we will pray for the Holy Father, and we will point out like this. We just did a show on the letter from lay people from China. It's a strong letter to the Holy Father saying, Holy Father, you're killing us. Because you're not keep, not defending us from atheistic communists. Mm. And so, you know, that's true. So my point is, we ask everyone on this show to pray for the Pope and our leaders in our church because they need our prayers. Not only do we criticize sometimes, but we affirm also because our barometer isn't Jess Romero, Father Frank Pavone, Terry Barber. It's Jesus Christ. That's who right. we worship. So let's remember that in our day and each day. And... So what I'd like to do, Father Frank, today is have the readings read and then give us, I mean, it's almost like what a blessing it is to have you because I've heard you speak at, at, on the Holy Innocence. I think it was a recording I heard years ago. And I said, wow, if every priest could preach that on the 28th, I, I think things could change. So could you do the reading and a, a little bit of a commentary, please? Sure. If we come uh, to the Gospel of Matthew in uh, chapter 2. Yep. When the Magi had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. He stayed there until the death of Herod, that what the Lord had said through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been deceived by the Magi, he became furious. He ordered the massacre of all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity, two years old and under, in accordance with the time that he had ascertained from the Magi. Then was fulfilled what had been said through Jeremiah the prophet. A voice was heard in Ramah, sobbing in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children, and she would not be consoled, since they were no more. It's a powerful reading. You know, Father, can I just jump in and say one thing to you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Herod killed his own kids because he was thinking they were going to take usurp some power from him. So this is a man that I call evil, okay? Yes. Is that true that he killed two, well, I think it was two of his own kids. 
Yeah, this, this, the spirit of Herod, you know, yeah. that's one of the things we can take away from this reading. There's a spirit here yeah. which has absolutely no regard for human life. There you go. And, uh, you know, we see it in, in the section that comes just before the verses we read. Yeah. We see that when Herod heard, you know, the Magi had come to, to worship the newborn king of the Jews, right. it was like, he is the scripture says he was disturbed yeah. and with him all of Jerusalem. It's like, yeah. how can a king in an entire city yeah. be disturbed by a little baby? Yeah. And it shows, first of all, the, the of course, the, obviously the power and yeah. uniqueness of Christ. Amen. But it, it shows also this spirit. And I say the spirit of Herod, it's the spirit of the culture of death, which is a combination of fear, arrogance, um, uh, 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 the uh, power that 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 just kills anything that's in its own way, and all of this is then pointed to Christ and launched against him. And it's like Herod doesn't care how many other innocent children are killed in the process, as long as he can eliminate Christ. So we have here actually the same spirit that is responsible for the killing of all the martyrs. It's a hatred of Christ. So the martyrs are asked to reject Christ. They say no. And therefore, those who are uh, killing the martyrs are doing so out of hatred for, for the Lord. And that's why these children are saints, because not th they didn't know yet. They weren't old enough to be able to profess their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, or to be asked, you know, to reject him or to stay faithful to him. Sure. But it was because of the hatred of the one who was ordering their 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 killing, the hatred he had for Christ, the desire he had to eliminate uh, Jesus, that then makes their death a martyrdom. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a, a special, unique dimension of this. Not only that, but when we think about what's happening today, yes, not not so much in the, I mean, the moms, the dads that, that are going to these abortion facilities thinking they're going to find a solution to their problems. Yeah. Yes, they're filled with fear, but really the spirit of Herod is in those who are permitting this to happen and who even promote abortion, those within the abortion industry and those within the government That's in it. political positions who are lauding abortion as a right those that are in the states that are pushing for these constitutional amendments to have unlimited abortion. This is all the spirit of Herod. They have a total disregard uh, for these children. They pretend the children don't even exist. And I mean, the only acknowledgement that they give to the existence of the children is that they need a, pr a, a process to uh, to kill them, but they never actually acknowledge that they're there. Right. Uh, and this is the spirit of Herod in our day. Um, the other connection we make here with what's going on today, of course, is the weeping of Rachel. Yes. Now, this is an interesting, because it's sort of like a double and then a triple application throughout different stages of history of the same uh, scripture reading. Rachel, of course, was the wife of Jacob, who later was named Israel. So she stands, you know, with the patriarchs at the beginning of God's chosen people. And she was famous for saying, we read all about her in the book of Genesis, give me children or I shall die. Yes. You know, she wanted so much yeah. to have children. She had two children and she died in, in childbirth, giving birth to her second. But uh, the prophet Jeremiah picks up at the time of the exile, when the, when the children of Israel now were being taken into exile in Babylon, as they were marching out of their, of their promised land, 
um, Jeremiah says, you know, the tomb of Rachel is there. And he says she's weeping now for her children as they're being led away and led into exile. So that was one application at a later point in time of an historical event. And then fast forward to Matthew's gospel, he takes that same prophecy and says, now Rachel is weeping again for her children uh, that, that are being killed by the, by the power and spirit of Herod. She's weeping again, looking at her descendants. And now we take it to a third level, bringing it into the present day. Yeah. So many moms yes. who suffer from abortion, mm -hmm. weeping, sobbing, and loud lamentation. Now, sometimes that loud lamentation is in private because they've never spoken to anybody about their abortion. But it's weeping nonetheless, and it's loud. They will not be consoled because their children are no more. And that's why, as you know, the largest ministry in the world for healing after abortion, yes. which I'm privileged to, to direct as pastoral director, yes. is called Rachel's I love it. Vineyard. Yes. So it's going back to this same prophecy yes. and that same pain, which has traveled through the centuries, through the millennia, this pain that comes to mothers when their children are killed. And thank God that in Jesus we have the healing. Amen. Uh, the blood that is shed from him, mm -hmm. from him heals that, uh, the wound from the bloodshed of the innocent. Father, thank you for that commentary. And I just want to give another plug to Rachel's Vineyard because many people have had abortions when they were younger. Okay, they've had a massive conversion. But, you know, where they just say, you know, I'm, I'm pro-life because I, I experienced it and, and I, I, I didn't tell anybody this happened to me. I get this still today, people coming to tell me that. And I always say that Jesus Christ is merciful. Have you gone to confession? Have you confessed that? And right. uh, many times they say, I know I haven't told anybody in 25, 30 years. So that's right. Now, isn't that, a, can't they actually, anywhere in the country, there's different retreats that deal with this issue of forgiveness, correct? Abortionforgiveness.com is a special website we've set up with a search engine that finds not only the places of the Rachel's Vineyard retreats, but many other kinds of ministries for healing after abortion, whether they're, some of them are run out of pregnancy centers, some of them are run in churches that have special Bible studies for healing after abortion. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm also a member of ARC, it's the Abortion Recovery Coalition, Good. and there are a couple of dozen different kinds of ministries and programs that are used Good. across denominational lines. Uh, Rachel's Vineyard itself yeah. has a Catholic version and an ecumenical version. Good. But uh, this is... Um, the, the help is available, as you say. And yeah. if people go to abortionforgiveness.com, they can actually enter their zip code and find some of this help that's closest to where they or perhaps a friend of theirs that needs it can find it. Excellent. Father Frank Pavone with us talking about what we can do now for the new year to protect the unborn and the innocent on this feast of holy innocent. Stay with us, family. We'll be back this way. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Frank Pavone sitting in for Jess Romero. Before we get on to the topic, I just remembered I didn't bring the smartest guy into the room yet. Bishop Archbishop Pope whole sheen ahead. I say this because it's the beginning of a new year, and many of you listeners know that we have 
200 funerals at our chapel here a year. So I see uh, death in a real way from young people who commit suicide to every other area. And Bishop Sheen's got a quote about suicide that I think is rather profound because, again, uh, people have lost hope. Here's what Bishop Sheen said. Suicide has become a mental epidemic and a plague. What makes our age sad is not that our joys have ceased, but our hopes have ceased. And I say that, Father Frank, because I see, and this was written 60, 70 years ago in Bishop Sheen, back in 1950. But nothing's changed, and it's only gotten worse. People don't know the meaning and purpose of life. So what's their hope in? Watching reruns of the I Love Lucy show? No, that gets tiring. Going to all these, whatever they go to for entertainment? That's what Bishop Sheen used to say. And then what? And then what? So I think what we try to do here at Virgin Most Powerful is give people the meaning and purpose of life. So whether we're talking about abortion uh, or whatever topic we're talking about, our hope is in Jesus Christ. No matter what anybody has done, whether they committed abortion, whether they committed adultery, um, uh, acting on homosexuality, uh, any of these sins that cry out are forgivable through Jesus Christ. So I just want to remind people, maybe a, a New Year's resolution could be this. And this is, I, I've already said this uh, earlier today. Number one, ask Jesus Christ for more faith every day. If you're not doing that, you won't get your faith growing. Number two, okay, here it is. It's a prescription. Make a commitment to get to confession once a month. And here's my suggestion. I got a red book right here, my calendar. Write it in the book. Say, at 7 o'clock on Saturday, I'm going to confession so that it's on your calendar. Now, a couple other little things, praying the rosary for world peace. We know the world is at, at war right now. This is a good time for the new year to restate what is important in our lives. And I think that when we have our, our hope in Jesus Christ, no matter what comes down the pike in the year 2024, you'll be ready. But on the other hand, if you don't and you say, I'm going to do it my way, I guarantee you every time people have said, I'm going to do it my way, it fails. All right, I'm done preaching, Father. Let's, let's get into 2024. We mm. want to have a, uh, an action item list of what we can do because this is a, a big election year coming up. Oh, yes. And, and everybody this says is... it's a big one. It's a big one every time. But I have to say... In my lifetime, which is not that old, I'm in my 60s, but I'm telling you, if things don't get turned around, uh, we're really going in a bad direction with this, I'll be honest, the Biden administration. Look what they've done in four years, and it's devastating to life, the liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in our country. So I'm going to turn it over to you. What can we do as lay people? Uh, what what um, websites can you turn us on to? What organizations should we be uh, connecting with? How can we protect life in 24? Yes. Well, you know, there's so many resources out there. One simple resolution can be I'm going to devote a certain amount of time each week well, to reading and studying. In other words, we can all think of modes of service. Mm -hmm. Oh, we want to go out to maybe we'll help the pregnancy center or pray at the abortion mill and, and, and or help our parish pro-life group. And these are all basics that a lot of people are involved in already and that we could recommend again. Yeah. But 
that's at the action part. That's service. Yeah. But service has to be informed by study. Yeah. And 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 I would really urge people in the new year take a little bit of extra time mm-hmm. and read. Become a student. We always have to be students. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, obviously, we put out a lot of content. Mm-hmm. So I would say to them, I mean, certainly they're watching this program right <laughs> now to keep tuned in to uh, to Virgin Most Powerful Radio and all the different programming uh, that you have. And then add on to that our programming Absolutely. at, at endabortion.tv. We have a series of different programs every day. I do scripture reflections just like we just had on the readings Good. for, for the uh, Holy Innocence. There's that program. I have a program called Praying for America awesome. uh, where we, we take modern political developments and pro-life developments and we look at them in the light of the Word of God and Excellent. we pray over the situation and various other programs too. Now, if, if people just do that, they tune in uh, to your shows, uh, mine, you know, and we're always recommending books, of oh, course, yeah. that, that come up and, and other podcasts that they can uh, tune into, then people are going to have enough of an understanding and, and, and equip themselves with information that's going to give them more confidence to go into those other modes of service. And sometimes it might be just, you know, talking with somebody about the issues, whether the the, the election or the pro-life issues. But you have to have that foundation of knowledge. And uh, we can never stress too much that we always have to be students, always thirsting to know more, and then going to the sources of the uh, information. That would be a great, great resolution for the new year. Well, let me jump in and say, that sounds like you want us to be a high information Catholic. And uh, I agree. Now, one of the other elements that I think is important that you and I can bounce back on is, you know, I I remember as a young man in my early 20s, I read a book, The Soul of the Apostolate. Oh, yes. You know the book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have to, because guys like us who are very active, we have to also be very profoundly spiritual. And in our prayer life, we need to step it up every day. And so in, 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 in addition to being a high information Catholic to protect the unborn, I believe also, and I know you do too, that our spirituality of our prayer life, and I would encourage, especially before the Blessed Sacrament, we're spoiled here at VMPR because we've got a church and we got the Blessed Sacrament and we got the keys. So, and we have masses all the time here. So we're spoiled. But I want to encourage our listeners to at least once a week make that visit to the Blessed Sacrament that you don't normally make on a Sunday for church and pray to our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, seeking counsel of what does he want me to do uh, you know, with my life and what I need to do in regards to protecting the unborn. And I really believe they'll get inspiration before the Blessed Sacrament, because oh, yeah. it's a taste of heaven, folks. Yeah. Being there in the presence of Christ. So that's one other element, not just reading, that's great, important, high information, but also have your spirituality centered on Jesus Christ. Because I'll tell you what, Father, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong right on the air, but I don't, I, I've had priests, dressed, you know, priests that have given me uh, they knocked down because of my pro-life position and my uh, evangelization position, saying that you know the church doesn't need that anymore. And you know, I <laughs> well, are I, they trying to be comedians? Well, yeah, yeah. But but what I'm saying is, I don't let that 
ever get me down. So I say yeah. that to our listeners because so many times people tell me, the priest or the sister said this and it devastated me. And I say, well, you know what? Put your big boy pants on. Pray for those people. So when they do that, don't take it personal. Say to our yeah. Lord, I offer this in union with Jesus Christ and him crucified. He was persecuted. Take it as a blessing. What? Yes, take that persecution as a blessing because you're standing up for life. Am I onto something? You know, yeah, I think so. And and one of the thoughts that goes through my mind when and, and everybody, you know, uh, not everybody, a lot of our viewers know my story and the persecutions that I've Purdue. had. You've been a great support in that. And you know, one of the things, one of the thoughts that goes through my mind as to how I've dealt with with opposition, even from those in the yeah. pastors and clergy yeah. and, and church hierarchy. Yeah. Very simple point that I remind myself of. Very simple. What is? They are not going to be the ones to judge me Amen. on Judgment Day. Amen. It's not going to be them. There's going to be one person sitting on the throne. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, and, that, and, and, when, and when I have to answer to him, yes. as we all do, he's not going to ask me how I responded to the gifts that he did or didn't give to some other person over there. That's right. Even if that person was my employer, yep. my bishop, yep. or the Pope. Exactly. He's not going to ask me to no. answer for what they did with the gifts they did or didn't have, the graces they did or didn't receive. Right. That's going to have absolutely nothing to do with it. Yeah. He's going to ask me to give an account for what he gave to me. Yeah. So, you know, that the parables, we know them. That one had one, uh, what, one had the five, one talent, five talents, ten talents. Yeah. He doesn't judge the man with the five talents to answer to, to for ten. He's right. got to answer for five. Exactly. So it's like, don't worry about. This is why we can't worry about those who criticize us. Thank you. Nor is it going to help us at the judgment for nope. those who praise us. Nope. Remember, Jesus said, you know, the false prophets they got a lot of praise. So just because you're being praised doesn't mean you're doing right. And just because you're being criticized doesn't mean you're doing wrong. Right. Even if the criticism is coming from somebody who has some kind of, you know, ecclesiastical position. Um, very simple point to keep in mind. St. John Bosco said, do good and let the birds sing. You know, it's like it's, it's like chirping birds around us. I, I'm not going to stop from doing what I'm doing just because there's some birds chirping. Exactly. I, I will say this. Just I, I experienced that 44 years ago. We just had the anniversary of Archbishop Sheen, December 9th, uh, yeah. that he passed away in 1979. And I'll never forget it because I was at the funeral, of course. But right after that funeral, uh, I was at a religious ed congress in Los Angeles. And it's not known for its orthodoxy. I'll just be gentle. It's known for its heterodoxy. And I was at the booth there promoting Bishop Sheen's Life is Worth Living cassette tapes I got permission to take from records to put onto cassette. And the priest said to me, I, first of all, I was all excited. I'm, you know, 20 years old. I'm just a, you know, I said, Father, I'll give it to you, but use these for your homilies. You're going to love this. And he looked at me and he said, young man, you might as well throw those cassette tapes in the trash. The church doesn't need Fulton Sheen anymore. And I was like, oh, really? You know, I mean, I smiled because even back then when I was 20, I had a respect for the priesthood. Don't get me wrong. And I hopefully, so I said, okay, Father, you have a good day. And I said to him underneath my breath, I remember saying, oh, I'm going to pray for that man. He's lost. Yeah. No, I really said yeah. that. And I said, I'm going to prove him wrong. Well, you know, 44 years later, 
I, I would say we've got about 34 million recordings through Lighthouse and St. Joseph's, and lots of those were Bishop Sheen recordings. I'm glad I didn't get offended by that priest and said, okay, Father, I'll throw them in the trash. I'm done. No. So why do I say this to you, Father? It's because our listeners get that same action many times when we want to promote pro-life at the parish. Your response. You know, one of my favorite Bishop Sheen uh, quotes is when he said, the tragedy of life is not what we suffer. The tragedy of life is what we miss. Oh, that's a good point. It's a great one. It's a great line. And and I think about, you know, you have great leadership. Yeah. You know, he would have never applied this to himself. He was no, too no. humble yeah. for, for that. But we can apply it to him. That's right. And, and to say, you know, when you have great church leadership, like like in the example of Fulton Sheen. Hold your thought, Father. We got a quick break. We'll be back in a moment. Okay. Father Frank Pavone, before I get back to that Bishop Sheen quote, I, you know, people listen on the app even when we're not broadcasting. And it's so funny. It's, this person just said to me, uh, thank you for the show. It's been such a gift to have, you know, this today. And I and I think that any good that we do comes from God. We thank him for it. But when, when I hear people say things like that, I always say, all for Jesus through Mary. Why? Yes. Because... Father Frank, last time I looked, and I really mean that, God uses the weak to confound the strong. So it's like any good that we do, it really comes from God. But I want to get back to what we had right before the break interrupted us. You had a quote about Fulton Sheen, and I want you to expand on that, please. What's the quote? Yes. He said, the tragedy of life is not what we suffer. The tragedy of life is what we miss. Now, you can interpret that in a lot of different ways. We can, you know, I think it was St. Augustine said, I fear God passing by. You know, there are moments of grace all throughout the day. And either we either we take the grace or it passes us by. And and, and it can be a consolation. It can be a, a, a new impulse to do something good. It can be a, a impulse towards more generosity. Yeah. It can be an insight. Um, all kinds of opportunities uh, we miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be very, very simple things like, oh, there's going to be a, our parish is having a special prayer devotional, you know, and everyone is invited to come. And then, you know, so many people are they're just sleepwalking. They, yeah. they don't take advantage of any of these things. Or like we were talking earlier about people taking more time to, to listen to the great broadcasting that they could grow in knowledge of their faith. Absolutely. And it's like they miss it all. They miss it all. So we miss a lot of things, but we also miss great leadership when it's right before our eyes. Yes. And, and, you know, that priest that you were saying didn't have any appreciation for Fulton Sheen. It's like he missed he missed something big. Yeah. You know, this is a great leader that God uh, r- r- raised up mm-hmm. and uh, people miss it. Now, people can miss good, good political leadership, yes. too. Yeah. I mean, we're in our in our in, the, in our coming election. You know, we've got a very important choice to make. And, uh, you know, sometimes we can m- end up missing great political leadership that's that's advancing the freedom of the church and the protection of life. And I think it's one of the saddest things in the world. We can have such great leadership, and people are just like they're blinded to it. Well, Father, that just brings something up to my mind right now. And I, you, as you know, at vmpr.org, we are not afraid to speak the truth when it comes to elections. What I mean by that is uh, we want to have the best person that we can elect in 
the presidency and Senate and the, and the, uh, any House of Representatives, you name it, whatever position, we're wanting to put in people of good will that have uh, the life site, life, life site, in other words, the life value in right. their promotion. So I'm just going to be quite frank right now. We had President Trump three years ago for four years. I saw what he did for life, okay? He was the only president that went to the Right to Life conference in Washington, D.C. He picked several Supreme Court justices to be pro-life. We wouldn't have Roe versus Wade returned, like uh, reversed, uh, without his leadership. And I'm not going to say the man is a saint, okay? I'm not. But what I am saying is when I look at what we have to offer right now, what's out there, um, I see a lot of animosity uh, on the left. They're saying that they're trying to stop him from even being on the ballots. I heard that Michigan allowed him to be on the ballot, but Colorado said no. I can't even believe that the Supreme Court, if that ever gets there, would, would agree with that because that just, I mean, here's a man that hasn't even been convicted and they're taking him off the ballot in certain states and not allowing people to vote for their candidate. It just seems hard to believe. Am I onto something or is this? Is no, oh, yes, definitely. No, this issue that you bring up right now is not a question of what candidate yeah. anybody prefers or doesn't prefer. People can vote for or against yeah, Donald Trump or anybody that. else, yeah, no right? Problem. Do it. The question is, should the courts be deciding no. these elections rather than the yeah. voters? And not only should the courts be deciding, I mean, if, what Colorado did yeah. was to disenfranchise, if their ruling sticks, which I don't think it will, no, but to disenfranchise all the voters in Colorado who would want to vote for President Trump. Where does it, where do, and it was as very, it was as, as divided a court as you could get. It was a four to three decision. So even three of these Democrat appointed judges disagreed. Yeah. with taking him, him off the ballot. But you see there are four people in the state of Colorado. I think there's like eight and a half million voters in yeah. Colorado. You mean to say that four people are going to decide for them? No. If, yeah. if, if people think President Trump did something so terribly wrong they that it deserves yeah. disqualification, well, they can express that view by voting against That's him. That's right. I, and I'm all for that. Alan, Alan Dershowitz argues the same thing. He's not a Trump no, supporter, but he is a Harvard law professor. He's one of the top experts in constitutional law in our nation. Yes. And I respect him very highly. Uh, uh, professor Dershowitz says, you know, this is absolutely ridiculous. He said, I want to be able, he says, to cast my vote for or against the candidate. And not, not only not to have courts uh, 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 get in the way of that. Yeah. But also prosecutors. I mean, all this this nonsense about these indictments against President Trump. Not only is it a total distortion of the law, yeah. but the timing of it yeah, okay. is 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 completely questionable because oh. it's like they, they, they were they they allowed these they allowed years to go by before bringing these indictments and these charges, and now all of a sudden they want to hurry up and go through it all. Obvious that what's happening is obvious. It's being yeah. timed with the 2024 elections. Father, you couldn't say it better because I, that's how I see it also. And, and again, to let people vote their conscience. Now, I want to shift gears in that because many people who are baptized Catholics have not been formed well. Now, I have a document right here in front of me that says this. 
that uh, the U.S. Catholic Conference of Bishops stipulated that the threat of abortion remains our preeminent priority. I was glad to see that. Again, because I think there are some people who would like that not to happen. And uh, I just think that that's the kind of leadership we need because many Catholics, let's just be quite frank, my parents were Democrats, okay, back 80 years ago. And they changed to become Republican because of the pro-life issue. Ah, see? Okay? Yeah. And yeah. I think that many Democrats aren't aware, really, I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, they haven't been educated to realize that the Democratic Party is not the same Democratic Party from back in the 1960s. No way. No. As a matter of fact, let no. me recommend a book um, as a very... Uh, Provocative title, but it wasn't titled in order to be provocative, but only to be factual. Mark Levin, whom I'm sure many of our audience listens to, um, he wrote a book. His recent book is called The Democrat Party Hates America. I I got it. Now, it's 400 pages. Documented, very well researched. It's not not meant to be hype. It's meant to be very factual. Mm -hmm. And he takes us through on a number of issues, including issues very dear to our faith. There's a chapter all about the nuclear family, the attack on the nuclear family. There's a chapter about the attack on the Constitution, including freedom of speech, which many of us know uh, uh, is under attack. Um, People need to to read that book. I mean, I think it's one of the best tools to prepare for the 2024 election. And it makes clear, better than any other resource I know, the point you just made, that this Democrat Party of today is very, very different mm-hmm. from what our parents and grandparents knew. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, it, people just have to read this to, in order to see the, the, the solid evidence that there is an orchestrated attack on our freedom, our faith, and our values, not to mention on human life itself. It's an orchestrated, sustained attack. I mean, this indoctrination of our children with this critical race theory and this gender theory. What is this? And where is this coming from? It's all being promoted by the Democrats. None of it is being promoted by the Republicans. This out of control abortion on demand, no limits, no restrictions. Who's promoting that? The open borders, all of this stuff. And um, it's only coming from one side of the political aisle. And, you know, we're we're you and I are not speaking on behalf of the organizations that we uh, that we serve. We're we're talking on our own behalf. But the facts are the facts. Of course. And that's my question now for our listeners are saying, okay, it's a new year. It's an election year. It's a big year. What can we do to help turn the tide and bring us back? And uh, to more of a life-centered world that we could protect the unborn. What can we do to do that? Okay, you have to, going back to the theme I I was echoing before, you got to take books like that and you got to read them. You got to invest the time, take, you know, your pen, underline a few things, memorize a couple of key facts Mm -hmm. and start talking. Start talking to your friends and neighbors, your pastors and your fellow believers. Start talking to everybody that you can. Talk about it on social media. Everybody's got a platform. In fact, everybody has more of a platform these days than we ever had before. The way modern communication has unfolded and social media. You know, we know there's a lot of things wrong with social media, but use the good that's there. I think that's the approach Archbishop Fulton Sheen would have taken and, uh, and, you know, that our church takes is that, 
you know, you look at what's good. That's right. Just like, you know, he used television, right? Can you imagine if he were here today, how oh, he'd be oh, oh, oh. social media, yeah. right? He had one of the, he would have one of the most popular accounts on X and on, on, on all these other platforms, YouTube, Instagram and everything. Sheen would be all over the place. Yeah, I agree. So let's, let's so we want to be a high information Catholic. We want to be able to communicate to our friends, uh, you know, these issues for the election. What about getting involved with local, you know, we like that principle of subsidiarity that we can locally, what can we do locally to support a good moral uh, people that are running for election? How do we run into these people? What's the process of getting involved with even canvassing for candidates? How do That's we do right. That? So you connect with the, with the local uh, political parties and they have they they organize themselves by precincts, all right? This is how our system is organized. And, and on the precinct level, which is the most fundamental cell right. of the body politic, you have people who are responsible, for example, for registering voters. I yeah. mean, that's a basic activity that needs to be carried out. Too many believers are not registered to vote. Yeah. And you can become a committee man or woman on that precinct level. Check with your local political party and do that. And uh, uh, they'll give you the, the training that's necessary. They'll tell you where you know you have to go, what you have to do. Awesome. Uh, that's a great way to get involved at the precinct level because your activity can have a much greater effect. Thank you, Father. That's great advice. We'll have more when we come back on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Father Frank Pavone filling in for Jesse today. Father, I do this every time I chat with you because I want to have a high-information Catholic. You have a website that shows the platforms of the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. And it very clearly states what their positions are on the life issues. Can you talk a little bit about that, please? Yes, this is something we developed uh, some years ago, and it's been one of our most popular resources. Yeah. Yeah. Votinginfo.net mm -hmm. is where they can get that specific guide, votinginfo.net. And that's part of a wider website, uh, Terry, called uh, ProLife Vote, ProLifeVote.com. Uh, and that's where we have our election training. People can actually sign up for monthly Zoom calls where they'll be on live with me and with our other, rest of the members of our political team. Excellent. And we'll train them to do things like we were saying before the break, becoming committee, yeah. uh, pro, uh, precinct committee persons and, and other things they can do to influence the elections. So ProLifeVote.com is our main, main election site. And then VotingInfo.net. Now, this comparison piece draws directly from the party platforms on a range of issues, and I mean, anyone who looks at it objectively and who knows oh, yeah. the faith is going to see that the fact of the matter is that Republican positions line up better with the teachings of our faith than do the Democrat positions. The Democrat positions are anti-life, anti-family, anti-freedom. Uh, they're all this pro-gender, uh, LGBTQ garbage, and it's terrible. Well, you know, Father, that's been a very, instrument, a very instrumental point for me when I share the <clears throat> issues of pro-life, because many times people say to me, oh, no, that's not the Democratic Party's position. Well, I mean, they're like, really? Because they've never looked at the platform in their entire life. That's why I think this is such an important thing you've done, 
to share people, to give people an opportunity to actually see what the parties believe in. And um, I, again, as a Catholic, and I know people get upset at me saying this, and, you know, I'm not a, I'm not trying to get people mad, but I just don't have a clue on how an informed Catholic can vote Democrat. And I'll tell you why, because it's the, it's the party of killing innocent life, okay? So if, uh, if someone votes that way and I have an opportunity to share with them, I'm going to tell them don't do it because you're voting to participate in the slaughter of innocent children. And I right. know that upsets people, but you know what, Father? That's just the facts, the plain facts. And the other, the other pattern that you notice is a Pew Research, which is a very respected research yes. firm, did a study about religious religious practices yeah. as compared with political affiliation. Oh yeah. And you know what they found? They found yeah. a very clear pattern that essentially, to sum it up, yeah. the Democrat Party is the party where the non-religious people go, exactly. and the Republican Party tends to be the home for more religious people. Now, obviously, there are you know there are exceptions both ways, but the fact of the matter is that where do people congregate or, or what do when you look at the party affiliation, where do you have more people who do not believe in God, do not pray, do not read the Bible right. and do not go to church? Right. But in the, in the, their home is in the Democrat Party. Yeah. And we see it in, in, in little ways. For example, we celebrated Christmas last week, right? Yeah, sure. What, what, what was the Christmas message of, of the current president of the United States, the Democrat President Biden? Yeah. He didn't even mention Jesus. Yeah. He didn't even mention Jesus. Baptized he said, oh, well, you know, take some time together in stillness and reflection and warmth. Yeah, but you could do that. That's so vague. It is. That you can do that as a as a gay couple. You yeah. can do that in any kind of, you could do that as yeah. an abortionist, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take some time in the, the warmth of my abortion clinic because I know I'm serving women. Wait a second. What did President Trump say in his Christmas message? He proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. I remember that he read the narrative too. It was like it was like a preacher would do. And he he named the name of Jesus. He talked plain about what it is that we celebrate at Christmas. Now, that is very specific because when you invoke the name and the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're invoking a particular set of teachings which has been clear for two thousand years. Yes. And so this now there's no wiggle room. You know why people want to cancel Christmas? Tell me. The, the, people talk about the war on Christmas, yeah. right? Yeah. There's a very simple reason. I said this the other day on Newsmax. I said, look, it's because Christmas is too specific. Yeah. You can't don't have any wiggle room about, about the moral norms. Jesus Christ has a set of teachings that's very clear. And so for some people, it's like the reason they want to they have a war on Christmas is that they want to def- they want to make God in their own image. Yep. They want to write their own moral code. They want to have the freedom to do whatever in the world they want. Well, if you do whatever in the world you want, you could still say, oh, well, you know, I'm taking comfort in stillness and reflection and warmth, like Biden was saying. But you cannot say, like President Trump said, oh, this is the Jesus Christ is Lord. Yep. You know, this is the gospel of salvation. Yeah. And, and it's, it's so easy to understand. And, and we've just got to face the reality of the kind of war that we are in right now. Father Frank, I listen and I talk to a lot of people because thousands of people come to our chapel for for just uh, the funerals that we do. Yeah. And I try to influence people. And I, I have to say that uh, there's an objection that they tell me, and I want you to handle this. I know what I said to them, but I'd like to hear you. They go, oh, well, 
Um, you know, um, I just don't like the personality of X, okay, this person. And so I can't vote for them. And um, I know I tell them, hey, what's that got to do with their policies? I- I'm sorry. You don't like them? Okay. You don't have to like somebody to vote for them. Am I off on that? You know, there are many great uh, people in uh, in history that uh, these same folks would not like at all. <laughs> and yet they have won victories on the world stage yeah. uh, for peace. They've been generals in war that have defended our country. You think these people were all, you know, marshmallows and smiles? You oh. know, the, the, the leadership, you know, when you, the, the more effective of a leader you are, the more opposition you have. Yeah. The more opposition you have, you're either going to fight back against it and win, or you're not going to survive, and therefore you're not going to be able to lead. And that's why the fact of the matter is that some of the greatest political leaders, military leaders, that preserved world peace and advanced our, 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 our values have been people who, you know, when you get up close and personal, you're not necessarily going to like the way they talk or, you know, their person. It's not a personality contest. It's not a beauty contest. You're not being asked to marry or to date uh, the politicians that you're voting for. You're being asked one simple question. Is this person qualified to lead that, according to the job description of the position they have, in the case of presidents, defend defend this country on the world stage, defend its borders, defend its values, and... Uh, it's the policies. And, and you know, in terms of the, the role of the president, you know, people are talking about, oh, should we impeach uh, yeah. Biden and whatnot? You know, a president doesn't have to commit a crime in order, I mean, in the sense of, a, of you think about a courtroom and a jury yeah. and beyond a reasonable doubt and everything. That's not the standard for impeachment. Impeachment is you betray the trust of the people because you don't enforce the country's laws and you don't fulfill the job that they elected you to do. If somebody doesn't enforce our laws, that's 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 reason enough to get rid of them and to get them out of office. If somebody doesn't protect our border, there's already laws in place to protect our border. Right now we have no southern border. And and, and these are the kinds of things that, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a different standard yeah. when you talk about constitutionally uh, uh, impeachment. So, I mean, what does this have to do with, you know, whether you like somebody or not? That, that's really, you know, it's a self-centered thing, really, when people say that. It's self-centered. Thank you. Thank you for answering that. Father, give us some more of websites, how people can support Priests for Life, because uh, I'll say it again, like I always do, I support you. And I want our listeners to support you. So how can they do Well, that? endabortion.us is our main website. Now, people are going to see there a wide range of activities. We have healing after abortion, activation of the churches, political involvement like we've been talking about, other action alerts they can sign up for, endabortion.us. Wide, wide range of activities. And then to support us, prolifegift.org. Prolifegift.org, you can be a monthly supporter or one-time donation. Uh, it's, 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 it's an effort that you're going to... Uh, you know, for every gift you give, you're going to be helping to save lives uh, uh, very directly. I would imagine at your exit interview, Father Frank, and anyone helping support uh, pro-life efforts, it will go well for you. Because what did our Lord say? What you do the least of my brothers, you've done to me. Yep. And I can't think of anybody more than the unborn babies. Because you know what, Father? All the other rights that people talk about, they're immaterial because if you don't have the right to life, you have no other rights. You have no other ones. So I think no. it's important. Now, I'm going to ask you a question that I ask Jess Romero every single day on VMPR.org. And it is, what state should we be living in, Father Frank? The state of sanctifying grace. Yeah. And how do we do that? This is the new year. We stay close to Jesus. We stay close to him in the sacraments. Um, 
again, I want to encourage you to get those rosaries out. Um, today's Holy Innocence, many of us are going to the abortion clinic to pray uh, there on this feast of Holy Innocence, and we're tying it into the unborn. I want to also, I recommend 40 Days for Life. Many people locally here are at abortion clinics promoting and praying before clinics. We know, Father Frank, and you said it to me many times, the fact that somebody's praying at an abortion clinic stops many abortions. Am I on to something there? Oh, it definitely does. We, we've we seen, uh, yeah. you know, the security guard that became pro-life up in Minneapolis. Yeah. Oh, we used to take them out the back door yeah. so that the pro-life people wouldn't see that they changed their minds, you know. And uh, Joy Davis that ran abortion facilities in the South. Oh, when people were praying out there, we knew it was going to be a bad day for business. Oh, my God. And so that's why it's important for us to be there. And I know that sometimes they're going to make, you know, statements to you that are uh, that are derogatory. And again, what I always say to people at the clinics, take it for Jesus. Smile. Yes. And don't even respond when they when they cuss you out or they they want to yell at you. You say, God bless you. Yeah, they don't know what to do with that. Do good and let the birds sing, like we were saying before go. at St. John Bosco. Yeah. Yep. And Father, Keep I, focused. I want to just encourage people uh, on that monthly uh, check to Priest for Life. Uh, can you tell us how important that is for paying your monthly bills each month? And you know that that check is coming in every month. Exactly, yes. And you know this as yeah. well, that, 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 that you know, we have to plan for each month. You know, right. First of all, we're going to cover our basic expenses. And secondly, what projects can we can we do? You know, and here's the thing about projects in the pro-life movement. They have to be sometimes very, very immediate and without much notice. We're dealing with deadlines, right. these state ballot initiatives, right. the legislation that comes up or a court yes. decision or something that has to be done right away. We can't play around with, oh, well, we'll wait until we get the money because then it becomes too late. Excellent point. Excellent point. Father Frank Ramon, Priest for Life, thanks for joining us here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I want to also take this time to thank all the supporters who have made it special for us to be able to broadcast every day these teachings. And again, just the news is Bishop Strickland is going to be doing more shows here at Virgin Most Powerful every week. So we're very blessed to have him on our team. Uh, he's going to have a voice that uh, we call he's America's Bishop. Why? Because he is going to proclaim the teachings of the Christ. And that's what we do here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Don't forget Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Offer it all up for Jesus and help redeem the world. Thanks again for joining us here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I'm going to say Merry Christmas because we're still in the octave of Christmas. And Happy New Year. God love you. And God bless you.